welcome to the second episode of Hot Cross History. I'm Belle. I'm Ellen. And what's the hot cause? So Ellen, <laughs> today we are going to talk about the uh, very close relationship of Anne Boleyn and her brother George Boleyn. If you read within the lines on that one, it is an incestuous pairing, if you will. But first, before that, Ellen, what do you um, think of when you think of Anne Boleyn? Yeah, so I think of her getting her head chopped off. Yep. That's first and foremost. But I also watched The Tudors and I was mm. like super into that show. And like, okay. all, I love like any like history drama that's like, you know, not real spicy. history. Yeah, like The yeah. Tudors or Rain or even like Bridgerton, all of those. Mm-hmm. And Ambulance in there. Uh-huh. And so my only knowledge really is like from the show. So I'm very intrigued to figure out like, what is real versus what is dramatized. I also think of her when I think of like Protestantism. Yeah. Protestantism. Protestantism. And like being the catalyst for that basically. Because Mm -hmm. what King Henry was like, yo, I want to be married to you. The Pope won't let me. I'm just going to go start my own religion. Oh, we'll get there. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. So full disclosure, I wrote this off Adderall. So it is going to be, it is a bit of a whip round in the best way. I had somebody read it and they said it would, it made sense. So we're going to start. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm in for the whirlwind. Okay. So we know that Anne was married to Henry VIII. She was his, and as you said, she did get her head chopped off. Uh, she was his second wife and she was the main catalyst for the formation of the Anglican church, which honestly is pretty fucking cool in its own right. Her feminine friggin' wiles created a massive cultural shift, which shook what was and still is one of the most influential institutions in the world, the Catholic church. Right. So. Yeah. And it's crazy. And especially being here, right. Like there's all these like beautiful churches, right. That like, look like they will be a Catholic church and they're not, they used to be right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like crazy to me to think about like, you know, all of the like conflict that has come from like Protestants and Catholics over the many years. And it's all because of this. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So there's a lot to talk about. And with Henry, honestly, we could probably have like, you could have a whole podcast about Henry VIII, but honestly, I want to focus on what I think is the juiciest part of her life. And that's kind of saying something because it's all pretty juicy, but anyway, so yeah, we are talking about Anne Boleyn's close relationship with her brother, George, which means, uh, yeah, we're talking about incest today. So I do want to preface like any good historical gossip, uh, historians, historians are not totally in agreement with the specs of their relationship and obviously this happened like 500 years ago ish uh, we can't be totally sure but uh based on my research i am like 805 percent sure that they were boning so like at the end of things and maybe i'm jumping ahead too far you're good, you're but good. like you know henry was obviously like i want a mm-hmm. son i want to get rid of you basically mm-hmm. and so do you have a sense of like, is any of this started like through a rumor mill so he can be like, oh, look at this? Or like, is it substantiated? We'll get there, right? Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we get into the specifics of Anne and George, I do want to give a little background on incest in general, because I know throughout the, honestly, I'll probably end up doing other uh, <laughs> incestuous couples throughout history because there's a lot. Oh my God. I got, I got weight on the rabbit hole. Oh my God. But At the same time, though, I was thinking, it's like, okay, well, obviously brother and sister, you know, that's clearly incest. But then you think about 
all of the, you know, the European monarchy, right? So what is incest today? According to the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, incest is defined as sexual relations between people classed as being too closely related to marry each other. Subtext, the crime of having sexual intercourse with a parent, child, sibling, or grandchild. Let's be real. That's not, that's definitely not where the ick factor ends um, in the realm of social acceptability for most people. And also in a biological context, there is absolutely a minimum depth required for a healthy gene pool. So wait, so there you said like classed as being too close, but that still seems vague, right? Like, Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. Because I was like, this is not... I I need more information. I decided to look at the legality of incest, right? So like what courts today, at least in historically, consider too close for comfort, if you will. So like pretty much everything, uh, the laws on what counts as incest varies between jurisdictions, countries, states, et cetera. The one thing that is consistent is that, thankfully, as far as I could tell, when a minor is involved and whether or not age of consent applies here, and we don't know what that is, uh, dear listeners, age of consent is when states are kind of like, oh, but she looked like a woman, right? And they're like, yeah, it's a whole thing. And that's yeah. like a whole other episode. It's gross. Regardless though, when a minor's involved, almost always, it's not considered to be, incest is also is a crime for the adult, but then they also get slapped with a uh, child sexual assault or molestation charge as they should. And the child, of course, is not punished, potentially in some states when it's age of, oh, it's a whole business. But yes, uh, most of the time, If it's a minor and an adult, then it's considered incestuous child sexual assault. The perpetrators, aka rapists, uh, face additional charges and ideally jailhouse justice, which I'm not here for the death penalty, but like definitely here for community regulation. Anyway, um, so we've known about the repercussions of incest and inbreeding for pretty much as long as we've been reproducing sexually and selectively breeding animals. The laws today are based on the empirical aspects, like so the, the numbers, percentages of Mendelian genetics. If you don't know what that is, uh, think back to your high school bio class and Planet Squares. If you still don't know what that is, I guarantee there's a Khan Academy video about it. <laughs> you know, blue eyes, brown eyes. Mm-hmm. White and purple pea flowers. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, okay. So you're saying here, like we've known for a long time that there's issues. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So when I was looking back at this, like, so Greek and Roman times had, or like in, in, I guess in antiquity, right. Or the Hellenistic era, they had some pretty intense laws on what kind of is incest. They were like, we live in a giant ass city. You should not have to marry your cousin. Right. Go find somebody else. Yeah. They're like, uh, uh-uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. And I was, I granted they had a lot of other things that were questionable, but in, in this case, I mean, granted, you have a lot of advancements in science and medicine happening then. So it, it's pretty, it's a clear sign. We're going to, we're going to get as to why it's that clear. So we all know we share a portion of our DNA with our parents um, on average 50%, uh, give or take a bit when you can account for possible mutations. This shared DNA is where the concept of heredity traits or heredity comes in. The concept of hereditary, hereditary traits. If something is heritable, it is basically the same thing as if you inherit something from your ancestors, like a dope-ass grand piano or some vintage jewelry. I was lucky enough to receive the latter from my late grandmother and my great aunt Pat. Uh, aside from identical twins who share 100% of their DNA, we share the highest amount of DNA with our parents and full siblings, which means that you share a mother and a father compared to other blood relatives. 
this baseline of 50%, right? You get from two parents who are not related by blood is basically like the max amount of shared DNA that's found in a healthy genome. Uh, when you have more than that, things can get a little messy. According to one of the largest studies on incest and birth defects, which took place in 1971 in present day Czechia, uh, don't at me people on the internet, that is the proper country name for uh, what is called the Czech Republic. Just like France is the proper name for the French Republic, it's Czechia. <laughs> don't be a dick, use the internet, okay. More than half of all children conceived from an incestuous relationship are born with at least one significant health problem. And 42% suffer from severe birth defects or early death, including stillbirth. And to clarify, the 42%, wow. yeah, 42% is of all kids with that are of an ancestral pairing, not just of like the 60 something overall. Right. Okay. So it's like 60 have something wrong and 42% yeah. of yeah. the whole. Exactly. And wow. again, it's more than, so they said more than half. So I was looking, you could split the numbers anywhere from like 80 to 60. It's posed essentially as like less than half are healthy because also like what counts as a healthy baby or not. But we do mm-hmm. know that 42% have serious problems or die. Right. And to put that in perspective, right. Only 7% of non incestuous births suffer from any sort of. Wait, really? Like that low? That low. Well, I mean, so we would, yeah, this includes premature death, stillbirth, um, and premature death for an infant is like the first year typically. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Genetic disease. I mean, that even includes like shit, like being cross-eyed at birth. Yeah. It's, it's not that common. Like it's not rare, but also like that's, that's a lot. That's a huge jump. That's 600% more. Yeah. Right. What are we counting as an incestuous relationship here? How close of an encounter do you have to have? There is a legal concern of significant risk of having an affected child. And this kind of comes honestly from that study, but also there's like some, the social mores as well, right? Mm -hmm. You, and we do actually have a genetic predisposition to find people that are related to us genetically icky, which is really cool. Wait, really? Yeah. So they've done a couple studies. This is one of my favorite ones. So they have women, so they have men wearing t-shirts. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard of this study and they have them like sweat and then the women go smell them. And then the pheromones they pick up, they're like, I find this person attractive or unattractive. They, so they included, um, every woman had a father or brother in the study or both. Um, and they also included people of different races in the study. So everybody thought their dad or brother sweat smelled disgusting. Love that. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. um, there was some correlation with people of different races, but in general, people do tend to prefer at least the smell of others that are, or pheromones of people that are genetically most different from them. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. So we're hardwired to not want to bone our siblings, which ideal. I, I saw a recent study like similarly, mm-hmm. like where they did the, the t-shirt smell and it was women that were on birth control and it like very much altered yeah their ability to to tell and like pick a good partner because yep. the, the birth control like mastered their their family population yes yeah. i was mm-hmm. like that's wild i know don't tell the incels <laughs> yeah they're not choosing us because they're on birth control because they're sluts okay so yeah what are we counting as incest here so the general consensus is that you have to have a one to four coefficient of inbreeding which is you have to share 25 percent of your dna with an incestuous partner 
So the quote unquote inbred strain, which we have like, and like when we breed like fruit flies in a lab, right? We're going to lab mice, which we want to get like clones essentially. And inbred strain is that you have 20 plus generations who have had like first degree relationships, like parent, child, 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 right? Okay. Okay. So that's, that's 98%. That's the inbred strain. And that includes mutations, identical twins, twins, hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. Established that line. So the one to four coefficient of inbreeding means that 25% of your DNA you're sharing with that partner. And in comparison, the majority, majority, right. Of non-relatives share less than 5% of their DNA. Like it can be more sometimes. And that's not mm-hmm. super unusual. Like, I think like you can get like a variant of like up to 12 randomly because mutations happen, right. We yeah. have a giant global population, like a multi-billion population. Of course, there's going to be some weird things, but for the most part, that isn't gonna be a big deal. And also the likelihood of finding somebody like that and like having a baby with them is not that high. Mm-hmm. Okay. So relationships where you're going to share 25% or more of the DNA you have include parent offspring. We said full siblings, three quarter siblings or sibling cousins. Um, I had to look a lot of this up. I have, so sibling cousins. Oh God. This is basically if, oh wait, no, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Yes. Alrighty. So what it is, is if your dad has, let's say your dad and your mom have you, right. And then your mm-hmm. dad and her, your mom's sister have a kid. Oh, then you're, that's your, yeah. That's your sibling, sibling cousin. cousin. Okay. They're your half sibling, but also your cousins are a three quarter sibling. Yes. Okay. You share 37.5% of your DNA with them. Grandparent, grandchild, 25, half siblings. 25 aunt, uncle slash nephew, niece, uh, 25 double first cousins. Um, what this means is if you, so if your mom and your dad, right, they get married and then your dad's brother marries your mom's sister or vice versa. So you have two pairs of siblings marrying two pairs of siblings. Okay. So those are all, those are double first cousins. So that's basically like, right. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. And then if you think about uh, identical twins having kids, that's insane. That's a, that's full siblings and full siblings. It's really interesting. And then that's where the 25% cutoff is, right? That is what in the, the study from Czechia, they counted as, and it was Czechoslovakia, but it was in Prague. So it's Czechia. That, uh, that is what the cutoff was, right? 25% is causing those big growth defects. But that's not saying that you should like go beyond that, right? Like we talked about the line is about five where it gets a little murky here. Um, beyond that, again, a little bit more is not bad. And again, it can just happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But 24 us states actually have 12.5% as their threshold, which like snaps for them. Only 24, it's icky, but the 20, the 12.5% pairings are great grandparent, great grandchild, which how the fuck would that even happen? Ugh. I don't know. Ew. Okay. First cousins, right. That's more common. Right. And that used to be more common. Um, I, okay. Side note, Kentucky doesn't actually, it has a bad rap for being like a lot of incest, but they actually have some really strict incest laws because there was like this kind of propaganda going on and they're like, ah, well, maybe it was, yeah. Like maybe a counteraction to things that were happening. I don't know. Like, so from what I did learn about like the history of like incest in the U S is mostly just because there wasn't anybody to get married to. Mm. It's like, whoever's in your close proximity, you're going to be with. Anyway. Uh, that's like where the, the inbred hick thing comes from, mm-hmm. but okay. So quadruple second cousins. 
what this means is, okay, so second cousin, it means that you have the same great grandparents as somebody, right? Okay. If you're if the same great grandparents as somebody, but then you also have the thing that we had with like the double first cousin thing, right? So if everybody in there is coupled up and then, but like also that would just be like weirdly chancy. And then after that, we go down into the yeah, 9% triple second cousins, which I'm not going to get into. And then half, right. Okay. The interesting thing though, is once you get to like second cousins early, anything like their half first cousins, it's pretty negligible. Like, would you want to do that? No. Um, I mean, like people talk all the time about um, like FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt, like, oh, they were cousins. There were six cousins, which means six? Like six, which means they shared like negligible DNA. Yeah. I, so I, I feel like that's a fear, right? Like what if you're related yeah. to someone and you don't know, like what if they're estranged from their family? That would be terrible. That's become a huge problem actually with the advent of anonymous sperm donors, like a big problem. You don't have to get DNA tested for that. Now, they're changing the laws now that you have to, because there have been numerous marriages. People fell in love, didn't know um, because Interestingly, not to get too out of the way on this, which I feel like whatever the fuck already that we're already out of the way, but there is a psychological and also genetic thing where if somebody, if someone's like related to you, but you didn't grow up socialized with them, you might bond with them in a certain way that you wouldn't, because when you're socialized, it's socialized, socialization plus, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's say with the smell thing, you've grown up smelling that smell and you associate that smell with like your brother and you're like, oh, right. It's both. Let's say you've never smelt your sibling and you didn't know them as your sibling. And you're like, oh, this smells safe and comfortable. It smells Ah. like me. Yep. So there have been like actual cases. It's a thing. And like, can you imagine this person? You love them and you want to spend your life with them. And you find out after the fucking fact. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Like, yeah. Or like, this has been like a, like that episode of house. I don't know what, which one you're talking about. Basically, um, these two kids like were married and whatnot, like, you know, like young adults are married mm-hmm. and the girl is black and he's white and they're like ran away from his dad. And he's like, oh, my dad's a racist. Oh, whatever. Dad was not a racist. Dad had an affair with the girl's mom and he didn't want them together because they were siblings. Oh, and the girl was like, Hoo! and the guy was like, it doesn't matter. We just want to have kids. And she's like, get the fuck away from me. That's too much. That's it's too, too much. fucking much. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> So this made me think about though. So when I was in like, so I'm adopted, as you know, all my siblings are when I was in high school, we talked about genetics and biology. Uh, Shout out to you, Mrs. Davis. You are the best. Only 20, only 20 U.S. states prohibit incest between adopted relatives, which is just like, like genetically, I get it. But like, so nope, 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 nope. Like I could not date anybody with my siblings names. Like, I'm sorry if you're a boy on tinder or bumble or whatever but if your name is neil or tim or april like my sister no left couldn't you just like give them a nickname couldn't you start calling them because because think about it this way think about if you're like in an intimate setting and it just uh uh-uh no and like if they're like yeah no they're on the phone with their mom and you hear i i can't even think about no i don't want to think about that at all yeah Uh -uh. i'd rather just call them by something else so you would never slip up because you never call them anything else. I just don't want to, I think it's only, it's like, see, I think it's probably weirder for me because I've, I have had to let, like deal with people thinking that it could be okay or not. Okay. And also oh. Twilight 
was the worst because they're like, they're like together together, but they're not I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. Like I'm sure every adopted kid ever was like, I hate you for this. Stop it. You ruined it. Blech. Stephanie Meyer. What the hell? <laughs> but it gets even worse. Alan, the worst part about this rabbit hole that I went down between six and 26% of all children in the U S that are placed for adoption are products of incest. And that seems like a big percentage gap, but that percentage gap is only because what counts as incest varies <gasps> state to state. Oh no. Yep. And like, what? Yeah. And now I'm like, should I get a DNA test? But also like, I super don't want no, to. No, I feel like not knowing is no, better. but like, see, okay. I wanted all my siblings and I had to do like 23 and me together is like a fun thing. And they're like, oh, we already did it without you. I'm like uh, you dicks. For real? They didn't even like do it together. They're just like, oh, we all did it. And I'm like, I asked you like two years ago. And you'll just like ignore that. Okay. It's fine. But yeah, like, I don't know. Okay. And then kind of like last on this line in New Jersey and Rhode Island incest, which like weird because New Jersey was the first state to out. No, was one of the first states to outlaw child marriage. Most of the states in the U S you can still get married as a child, which yeah, you can marry your rapist. Fun. But yeah, in New Jersey and Rhode Island, incest is not illegal. If both parties or are consenting and over the age of 16, which like, okay. However, for the most part, like this is completely barring any religious or like otherwise like social morality claims. The reason we have incest laws is for the benefit of potential offspring, right? We mm-hmm. don't want kids to have to grow up a with the stigma of being a product of incest and B having potential health, very likely health problems, right? Yeah. Or not knowing the product of incest and then their child has a health problem because they affect it, right? It's a whole thing. But in this state, there's no consequence for having children. You can't get married, right? So that's really I questionable. Mean, like that would be really hard to police though. Like, well, and also know. the same thing too. It's like, you can't, you, at the same time, you can't force someone to have an abortion, but you can't force that. Like that's a, that's a whole morally fraught question, which is why states do and should nip it in the bud. Yep. Right. Before a child is produced at all. Exactly. You're thinking though. Yeah. It wasn't the European monarchy like hella inbred. Right. So if we know that there's like just from 25%, a 42% chance of all these really terrible things happening. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, they were a lot of terrible things did happen. Yep. The Habsburg jaw hemophilia. Um, yeah. So you would be correct there. (laughs) So in the time, of Anne and George, right? That's who we're talking about here after my deep dive into what is incest. First degree incest, pretty much the only thing to be considered a criminal offense. Um, it was super taboo, right? So that's the, for the most part, the 25% that we're talking about. And yeah, up. like your siblings, your parents. Yes. Okay. That's considered to be a criminal offense and it's super taboo. Thank God. Uh, the most socially abhorrent of these relationships though was sibling on sibling, right? So, cause they're, and you can feasibly argue here that both parties are consenting because there's not a big power dynamic here, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, parent-child, like, you know, grandparent-grandchilds, which they are technically, like, and even though grandparent-grandchild is second degree, technically, that was also super taboo because in this case, there's almost always a chance of coercion. Yeah, right. If you're having a, a young person with someone established a powerful, yeah, certainly. Yeah, and typically the punishment here is death, right? Oh, gosh. Um, it, yeah. And I mean, even if that the child that relationship most likely wouldn't be executed, but then you still have this big stigma. And even today there's a huge stigma, 
like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, Henry had Anne executed um, because of hashtag feminine wilds, but officially it was due to charges of incest between her and George, but also combined with adultery, like sure, George, but also other people and uh, planning to kill the king, which is basically a charge in almost every criminal, uh, what's it called? Every capital case that we had at this point in history or treason, right? There are a decent number of historians that believe this was most likely a smear campaign to get rid of Anne. Um, okay. Like the plotting to kill the king thing, right? Um, or really all of it. But it's there's kind of a growing number who are actually, I would say if, if there's not more than half, there's it's pretty equal on both sides, right? And I oh, did look really? at- really? Yeah. So that's- that it's even like it was a smear campaign slash no, that actually happened. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because- it feels like Henry is the person that just wants, he's going to do what he wants regardless. Right. And like, we've seen that documented. So it wouldn't surprise me that he's like, yeah. I don't want this person anymore. But like, why would he have to go there? That's the question. But also I, we I'll, I'll show the receipts. We've got some receipts. All right. Yeah. I'm ready. You're ready. Yeah. Okay. So based on what I read, Right. Because like, I get it. You know, you just want to go through the divorce slash, you know, annulment. And he wants to kind of squelch the Boleyn family because they've been really powerful before. Right. But like, first of all, it's not that juicy. And also it just doesn't. But the biggest thing, though, for me is where there's smoke, there's fire. And that was quoted in so many of the things that I read. And it's true. Like, that's a very specific charge. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he could have just had her killed for adultery. Right. Like he didn't really need to smear her with the incest. Like just because like we we knew that it was pretty well known that she was having sex with other people that weren't related to her. Okay. Like that enough is enough to get her executed. Right. So like, and again, it could just be add insult to injury, but to me, that is sus even without the evidence we've got. So let's back up a little bit. So Anne was born in 1501 in Blickling Hall in Blickling, England. And George was born three years later in 1504. So they were born into a noble family, right? Which we talked about. Their father is Thomas Boleyn, or was the first Duke of Wiltshire and Lady Elizabeth Howard, who again was also of noble birth. Um, so following the traditional gender roles described to noble children and young adults at the time, Anne was educated abroad at all female boarding schools um, in the Netherlands and France. And she went through a series of betrothals and essentially networked in various courts the most prominent being that of Queen Claude in France. George didn't attend formal boarding schools as a child, uh, but he most likely spent time in France with his when his dad was stationed there as a diplomat. Like we don't know for sure. However, uh, we know his dad is there for a while, and also George like apparently spoke fluent French and could write super well. Um, so like, where else would he have learned it? That's kind of the right. maybe when he got a tutor, a tutor, a tutor era. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I- I, I mean, sure, but like it was like to native proficiency, and like he would literally just like translate books from French into English all the time. So, I don't know. Sounds really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, and he did go to Oxford as an adult. So there isn't actually like a lot of records about the Oxford time. However, this is really normal during this period because basically all of the noble men during this time would just kind of drift in and out. Because okay. they didn't like need to sign up for classes, right? They're just like, hello. Yeah. Right. I'm here to do something. Yeah. And like we have enough evidence that he was there, but like he wasn't on like any official rosters or anything, right? So okay. he didn't matriculate or graduate, right? So so in 1524, he married Jane Parker when he was either 19 or 20. So like kind of early, but get it, I guess. 
I do, I, I wanted to kind of make this part clear because even though he's younger than Anne by three years, he gets married almost a decade before she did. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So he's 19. So mm-hmm. he's 20. Sure. Mm-hmm. And who is the lady he marries? Like, what's her deal? Just like a noble lady? Yeah. Just like, it was just like a strategic marriage, pretty much. Basically. I mean, from all accounts, like she was like a young person like him, you know, decent, like noble family. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, there's no, like, she just seems like fine. Like a nice lady. Yeah, nice lady. You know, nothing too crazy. <laughs> okay. And then Anne doesn't get married for another decade. So Ish. she's like 30 when she gets married. We'll get there. Okay. okay. So as of before, Anne had a series of betrothals and courtships that never really panned out. We are starting in when she's 19, right? Just like George was in 1522. She was engaged to her fourth cousin, which genetically sound. Honestly, when I was doing this, part of my brain, first of all, I didn't really understand what like second and like first degree cousins were versus like removed, right? Mm -hmm. So my mom's first cousin, right, is not my second cousin. She is my first cousin once removed, right? right? Yeah. So like I before I was thinking like, oh, that's gross. Like, honestly, it means that they shared uh, the same um, great, 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 great grandfather. Sorry, no, great, great, great grandfather, which I'm like, that's fine. Honestly, it doesn't bug me. And also like, if you're going to be a noble anywhere, you're probably going to be related somehow. So right to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so this doesn't really work out. It was to James Butler, ninth Earl of Ormond, um, like Great Ormond Hospital. And he was in Ireland. This didn't last long. We don't really know why. It seems to be that she was just kind of like was not feeling it. But we don't really know for sure. That doesn't feel like that's enough of a reason, right? Like people had marriages they weren't feeling all the time back then. Well, so this was like, they weren't married though, right? Like we're just betrothed. And so obviously like we're kind of tainted by, um, you know, we see in like TV and like even book descriptions and the portraiture of this time was kind of across the board in styles, but there are a few like quite modern paintings of Anne, like stylistically that are actually like pretty accurate. And there are records, like she was a very attractive woman and she was Mm -hmm. smart. So she was kind of a get, right. She was a cat. She was a very good bargaining chip, right. For her parents. Mm -hmm. So like, they're probably just like, this is good. This could work. And yeah. And also um, there was a bit of a disagreement at the time, whether or not the earlship of Ormond belonged within the Boleyn family or within uh, the Butler family. Anyway, though, didn't pan out. And after this, she's appointed as one of Catherine of Aragon, uh, Henry's first wife's ladies' maids. So she's in the castle. Wait, so that's how she gets, like, weaseled in. That's how this all starts. Not quite. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, okay. That doesn't, like, get her foot in the door? Like, yes and no? I don't know. Okay. We'll come back to that. Okay, so in 1523... She is secretly betrothed to Henry Percy, right? She's 20 years old and, you know, she sees, a, she sees a cute guy, right? Like he is, so Henry Percy is the son of Henry Percy, the fifth Earl of Northumberland. Uh, and I couldn't figure out what his, like, he's, if he was like the third or whatever, I couldn't figure it out. But yeah, we just have Henry Percy Jr., Henry Percy Sr., Henry Percy Jr., son of Henry Percy Sr., Sr., who's the fifth Earl of Northumberland. But the Earl, Henry Sr., is just not having this. Uh, And the engagement's officially broken off when Cardinal Thomas Wolsey refused to entertain the union, right? So, like, at this time, 
And like, uh, like Romeo and Julia, right? If your families won't approve of the, like the marriage, but you like appeal to a member of the clergy, they can be like, yeah, for sure. Okay. And like th- that would actually work sometimes when like, it wasn't like nobles, right? When you had like two like m- merchants kids or something. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, okay, are you prepared to maybe be poor? And they're like, yeah. And like, okay, you're not related. Cool. cool, cool. Yeah, sure. Right. But when you have nobles in the mix, it's kind of like, oh, like, are your parents going to use their power against me? Whatever. And Thomas Wolsey's like, this is not fucking worth my neck. Uh Yeah. And he's like, you're both just horny. So breaks off the union. And at this point, everyone's just kind of pissed with Anne being a normal woman in her 20s. And they send her back to Heaver Castle, which is like her family's main residence. She's born at Blickling Hall, which her family owns, but she like grew up at Heaver Castle. That's what she gets sent back to. She's there uh, until... 1526, when Anne catches the romantic eye of Henry VIII himself, we recall that she has her first, that she goes to um, be a lady's maid in 1522-ish, right? Mm -hmm. So hot goss here, though, is that starting in 1522, Henry has been having an affair with Anne's sister, Mary Boleyn from 1522 to 1525. So like that kind of goes along with like Anne going to the castle. They're like, okay, well, Henry's, you know, shipping her sister. She can just go along with her. It'll be fine, right? Mm-hmm. Get away from, you know, this different parent we didn't love, right? Whatever. So like, you know, th- th- like it kind of makes sense, right? It wasn't, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So Henry is married right now to Catherine yep. and he just has some mistresses mm-hmm. as you do as a king. And one of them is Anne Boleyn's sister. Yes. So in 1522, she's engaged, right, to the Earl of Ormond, right? Uh-huh. And at this time, Henry starts having an affair with Mary Boleyn, her sister. How right? did he meet Mary? Basically, just because her family were nobles, I Just believe, like it, at the court, she's pretty, he, he goes. I'm pretty sure they met, um, I think her family hosted like a, like a hunt. Like, okay. you know, yeah, like the hunt, you know, with the horn. Yeah. I think they hosted that and then he like saw that there was a whole thing, right? Okay. And also Mary was already married at this point. And then when it became clear that the king wanted Mary to like be his mistress, her, everyone they told her husband to just like go away. She's gonna, yeah. Oh and because, no. Mm-hmm, poor <gasps> William Carey. Wait, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. But also like, what are you going to do, right? If the king says it. If the king wants to fuck your wife, you got to let him do it. Otherwise you're uh, bye-bye. Right. He's got, well, maybe not yet, but he does have experience coming up of just chopping well, like people. The, like the thing is, well, he doesn't have to do that, right? Like he doesn't have to, he's like, he could just have an accident or just have him killed because he wants to. Right. Right. Like he only has to come up with like crafty things for like his wives in the future because they're in the public eye. Right. Correct. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also he can, he's the king. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And the, the, yeah. So, and again, she's already, Mary's already married at this point. And she's like 23 or four at this point. Mary's already married. And so it doesn't really matter if she gets pregnant because even if they're not going to be illegitimate, illegitimate children, she's not a virgin anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's not as big of a deal. Right. Anyway. So they are having an affair from 22 to 25-ish, right? So like we said, 1526, this is when Henry starts looking at Anne. Mind you, during this time from 1522 to 1525, when Mary and Henry are hooking up, they have two kids. Yep. Okay. Yep, two sons. Two sons. Wait, so this, I feel like all of his drama has to do with sons and he had them just illegitimate ones. 
Yeah. So literally yes. So, okay. So yeah, for with Catherine, right? So 20 years, she has one daughter, I think in like the second decade. Cause that's not a really happy marriage for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Mary the first bloody Mary, uh, who side note ends up starting her own Catholic inquisition and killing all the Protestants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole vibe, but yes. Yeah, so he has Mary with Catherine and then with a different mistress whose name I did not write down. Uh, he had a son. He legitimized said son, but then that ended up not being a thing. And then with Mary had two sons, but he didn't legitimize them. Regardless, we're not really sure who dumped who at this point, because like, did Henry dump Mary just because he's like, it's just hot, right? Mm-hmm. Or did Mary see Henry staring at her sister and was just like, um, no, you're not going to legitimize, you're not going to legitimize my sons. And you want to fuck my sister? Like, boy, bye, right? We don't know. Okay. Which was which. So like, and either way, it's like, it's probably at the end of the expiration time, right? Like either and way. To be honest, being like the king's mistress doesn't sound that fun. Like, like maybe for a bit, but then like you said, he like gets tired of things. So maybe she was like, look, I'm trying to get out of this situation. This is a good out. I'll like push you on to the next person. It depends on the court, right? Because like in French and Italian courts, like having a mistress was very like, I mean, mistress, obviously they're a huge thing all over the place. But if you look at like a lot of historical Kings or even Queens, they had like one or two mistresses, right? Like they were, Mm -hmm. they're romantic. They were like the romantic partner partner. Right. And like, that was just kind of thing. It's like, we're married to our spouses, right. To make heirs, but also, you know, because it's an alliance. Right. And it was generally Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to say that the queen and the mistress were friends, but at the same time, it was just like, it was respected, right? Like they were nicer to their wives, at least if they had this outlet. Like that is, again, we have no idea, but that's kind of the idea. Yeah, I agree. In this kind of court and also Henry's fucking nuts. Yeah. He's not like George crazy, but he's just- Get out of here, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so it's 1526 and Mary and Henry are donezo. And we know- for a fucking fact that they had an affair because so at this point, Henry wants to marry Anne right away. He's like, I see it. I want it. I like it. I got it. But Anne's like, let's hold up a little bit, sir. Uh, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. So he's like, I right, fine. She's like, I don't want to be a mistress. A no B my sister. Like I just fucking saw that all happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, ah, uh-uh. to be fair. Also, there wasn't really a lot of public scrutiny against Mary. Like if you like everybody kind of looks at her and they're like, yeah, she was already married and she didn't like, she wasn't, you know, jonesing to be a mistress here. Mm-hmm. She just kind of had to go along with it. Right. There wasn't. And she's also apparently just a very kind woman. Okay. So there wasn't, nobody was calling her like a slut or anything. They're just like, well, she didn't want to get beheaded. Right. Do what you got to do. Yeah. And like by all accounts, apparently they had, obviously there's some coercion involved, but he wasn't like a violent, you know partner towards Mary. Yeah. So any of those, so 26, he starts kind of petitioning that he wants, you know, to the Catholic church that he wants to, you know, get an annulment to marry her. We know for a fact that Henry and Mary were boning because he had to apply for a special dispensation to marry Anne when he first tried to get this annulment from his first wife, Catherine, because since he'd been boning Mary, if he was going to marry Anne, she'd be committing incest because she would have been his sister-in-law according to canon law. So your sister-in-law, your adopted siblings counted Mm -hmm. as like your real siblings. So because they had been having sex, she was like his illegitimate sister-in-law. 
So he couldn't marry her even if he had. So if he had been married to Mary, right? Uh huh. He couldn't have married Anne even if Mary died because they were technically siblings in law. He's already making his own weird incestuous thing at this point. Like, granted, it's not the same, but I just thought it was interesting. But that's okay. like a whole thing. He, it's a, a hoop he had to jump through. Yeah, yeah, it's a theme. It's a theme. They didn't actually get married until 1533. The marriage ended in 1536 because Anne was beheaded because boys will be boys. <sighs> but yeah, so. Wait, so they only married for three years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not very long. <laughs> nope. Henry's pretty undeterred, even though, you know, she's like, I don't really want to be your mistress, bruh. And she's like, sure, I'd be your wife, but you kind of already got one of those and, you know, mm-hmm. you can't get divorced. So, and he's like, hold up, I'm Henry. I get what I want. Yeah. And he already, he already wants to get out of his marriage to Catherine of Aragon because she's never produced a male heir. This entire thing really just kind of chalks up to Henry being a raging misogynist because the two legitimate daughters he produces both ended becoming super influential monarchs. We have Mary the first and Elizabeth the first. And it's just like, seriously. Right. Right. And he's like so obsessed with a male, but your two female heirs are working just fine. The other thing that's interesting to me is like, he obviously didn't have a concern about killing his wives, but like Catherine of Aragon, he never killed. Right. And that would have gotten him out of this situation. So for all accounts, they actually had a very loving marriage right? Like he was kind of a horn dog and would cheat a little bit, but he, they actually like, they apparently, so there's a whole, there's a series I've been watching about like, maybe series about like worst and best wedding nights of Royals. Apparently they had a really good wedding night. They just like had a lot of fun. And then they just like had sex for like a long time. And they had like people like bring them food and like, we're, we're good. We're just going to hang out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, they had a very fun relationship for almost two decades, but then I'm not saying I think it's good that he wanted out of the marriage, but I do understand where the pressure is coming from on him at this time, right? Like the initial wanting to get an annulment, it, it would be hard, right? Like I understand it. Like, and I'm not saying it's right, but I do understand that he has a line to maintain. People are questioning his vigor, which obviously they shouldn't because I've already had three sons, but it's a whole thing. And mm-hmm. we do know that Catherine had a bunch of miscarriages as well. So, and a couple of stillbirths. He wants out of this marriage and he really wants Anne because honestly, the vibe I get from Henry is like, I see it, I want it, I like it, I bought it. Like he just, mm-hmm. he's like a little kid. Okay, so in 1526, meets Anne. 1527, he starts like petitioning the, co- the court, or the church, sorry. Petitioning the church so he can get an annulment and he just like wants it. And the Pope Clement is like, uh, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. He's like, just because you like your wife didn't cheat on you. She's not like you just don't want to. And he's like, that's no. Yeah. And sorry, though. Uh, and during this time from 1529 to 1530, Anne herself goes in this big smear campaign against Pope Clement the seventh, the one who's refu- and Henry's like so jazzed at her for being a supportive partner, quote unquote, that uh, he makes her the Marquess of Pembroke. Yeah. She gains a title for being a team player. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's a good gift. I guess, Flowers, yeah. say mm-hmm. Marcus. <laughs> so anyway, at this point, so after cleaning out all of the Catholic uh, vestiges from England, like you're talking about, right? They, all the monasteries, nunneries, et cetera. Um, some are still standing and they just got converted to Anglican mm-hmm. churches, things like that. But yeah, so after all that happens though, Henry and Anne are secretly married in 1532. Okay. And yeah, Pope Clement is still alive, right? Pope Clement VII is still alive. But then- 
they get officially married in 1533, which like I didn't really get because they didn't actually have their marriage considered valid until May of 1533. Um, when the newly appointed Archbishop of, Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer, declared Henry and Catherine's marriage a null and void. And then five days later, validated Henry and Anne's marriage. But then I realized that the reason they probably had their official marriage early is because somebody was already knocked up. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Makes sense. Yep. Queen Elizabeth was a cooking at that point in time. She was born <laughs> in, in September of 1533. So they wanted to make sure they had that official marriage so she would be, you know, considered legitimate. Right. That heir is legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. And also like, as we know, you can have, you could, I don't know if you still, I don't think it's really a thing anymore, but you could have, royals could have their children legitimized. Like we talked about, you know, like Henry's earlier bastard son. But at this point, I think he realized, well, fuck, I just burned that fucking bridge. I can't petition to have this child legitimized after I just had my marriage fucking broken and I'm a new church. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, we gotta, we'll get married and then we'll fix, right? So I think that's why. But yeah, uh, obviously boys are dumb. Like we said, uh, Henry could never imagine that his daughter would become one of the world's most influential monarchs. She ruled from 1558 to 1603. Um, Mary was right before her from 1551, I think, to when she died and then Elizabeth took over. Queen Elizabeth's nickname was the Virgin Queen. Everyone's like, why didn't she get married? Oh my God. And it's like, gee, do you fucking think that maybe her dad killing all her stepmoms might have tainted her... You know, her feelings on yeah. marriage. Maybe a little traumatized. I can't even yeah. imagine that. Because, like, even if she wasn't there, right? So he had six wives, right? Her mom, done. And, like, mm-hmm. even if he didn't kill the rest of them, like, they still went away. Something happened. And she, yeah, so it's just like, ah, man. Yeah, no, yeah, don't fucking blame her. And probably not a virgin. We don't know, but, like, probably not. I mean, full, full of lead paint and arsenic on her face, but. We don't know if she's a virgin or not. After Elizabeth, though, because like it's been a, about two years, right, since she's had Elizabeth. And when she first had her, Henry's, of course, like, yeah, he's a little disappointed. There's not a male heir, right? Because mm-hmm. he essentially like kind of traded up for youth, right? And more virility in theory. And he's like, okay, but I love this daughter, whatever. He's like, he's just super jazzed, right? It's first kid, your new wife. He does love her, right? We think him romantically. Um, obviously he went essentially through like a, like a six year political war to get this woman as his wife. Right. Right. Yeah. But Anne kind of like, here's through the grapevine that Henry's already been talking about seeking a divorce from her because a couple years after she has Elizabeth, Catherine of Aragon dies. So oh, no. there's literally no need for a big hurrah, right? His previous spouse is dead there's not a trail of two Catherine's dead and now she's disposable so she has a bunch of miscarriages she's had a couple stillbirths and I can only imagine like the pressure that you're feeling to like have a healthy baby and have it be a boy like how that's not good for the baby that you're growing inside of you yeah yep so enter George here's where he comes into the story oh nice so we know from a letter that Anne sent to Jane Parker right George's wife who incidentally ends up testifying in the uh, incest trial. They actually had one trial. Uh, this is obviously down the road for Anne because once Anne was convicted, they didn't really need to have it for George because it takes two to tango, which like, isn't how it works today, which is interesting and honestly fair. But regardless, 
Anne and Jane, they're, they're buds in theory, right? It's because they're writing letters to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you'd, you'd bitch to your sister-in-law. She's like, Henry was quote, not able to satisfy a woman. And he had neither capacity nor virility, unquote. This is what Anne is telling her sister-in-law, Jane. TLDR, he can't make me come, but he also can't get it up. And he also probably has weak sperm or like is not coming himself. Well, how old is he at this point? Is it like he, he's an old man or like, was he always this way? So at this point, he's 40-ish, right? So when he first married Catherine, he was like, kind of an anomaly. He's a unicorn. He was tall. He was broad. He was muscular. Like think Michael Phelps, like minus like four inches. He's just like a very hot, attractive guy. And like, obviously wait, Michael Phelps is your like go-to tall, attractive guy. What? The only reason I said that or say that is because when I was, re- <laughs> I don't think he's in it. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but when I was reading this account, um, a couple of things they were just like think of like the breadth and like height of an Olympic swimmer like that's what they're describing his body type as okay okay and okay. I couldn't think of any other I ones see. <laughs> Ryan Lochte didn't he get canceled for something or that's him smoking weed he did no Michael Phelps was smoking weed Ryan Lochte like lied that he was attacked at a gas station when he was in the Rio Olympics and like and really, I think he like stole from the gas station, something like that. It, it was something. Anyway, so point being though, he's just like a very muscular man. And like at the time, it's like for a royal, that's like, you know, he doesn't have to go do the, like, he's like, again, like Dr. Ben, he's not a stonemason. Like he doesn't have to do manual labor. So the fact that he's like hot, it's like, right. damn, he's a catch for Catherine. Well, now he's not really that way right now. He doesn't really have to do much to pull. He's a little bit kind of like Robert Baratheon, seriously. Like he's gotten fat, he's drinking more. And also again, he's in his forties, like his sperm motility, his low sperm count, low sperm quality, low, low motility, which if you don't know, it's like how swimmy they are. This is not, you know, a shocking thing. And we can look forward, right? To his future children or his future marriages, like the same problems exist. And think about his 20 year marriage, right? The fact that he happened to have three kids with those two women like, sure, I mean, the combination of, like, Catherine's eggs and whatever. But we also think, like, when he had those mistresses, how often were they trying to have kids? So we know that Anna's bitching to Jane about this. And like I said, it might seem kind of sus, right? But we do know that this has become a, this is a problem in the future. And, again, like, he's not really healthy anymore, right? And you can see in portraits of him, he's just, like, getting, he's, he's kind of letting himself go, Right. So because of that, though, we know that George knows what was or wasn't going on, right, between Anne and Henry, right? And we know that Anne and George are super close. Like, is she writing letters to him, too, at this time? Or are they just going to Jane? Probably to Jane because, so both Anne and George are at court. Anne is, like, at their country, like, in the country, right? Like, people at, people at court, like, there were, like, a couple thousand people that would live in, like, a, a castle or a palace, Right. George and Anne are both there. They're like buds. And I believe Mary's still there at this point. Jane is like at home with her and George's kids. And obviously if you're, you know, the queen's brother, you're probably going to be hanging out with her a lot. I did read one or two things that gave me some Folgers vibes, the Folgers commercial. (laughs) Do you know? Like 
Okay. Like when the brother comes, when you think it's like a fiance that comes home early from Africa, but it's not, it's her brother. And it's like, you're my present this year. It's a, I will post that link on our Instagram. You guys, if you know, you know, if you don't feel, be prepared to get the heaps. That's all I can say. It's just like, okay. the first commercial, like, oh, that's a cute commercial. And it's like, wait, no, but that's, that's her brother. Oh. Again, like it's not explicit, but it's just like, like I said, he, this man's was very, he was fluent in French, all these things. And he translated and transcribed by hand two giant ass books for his sister, just for shits and gigs. Yeah. You know, into English. Uh, and this is the inscription he wrote in like the front cover. I have been so bold to send unto you, not jewels or gold, whereof you have plenty not pearl or rich stones, wherever you have enough, but a rude translation of a well-willer, a goodly matter meanly handled, most humbly desiring you with favor to weigh the weakness of my dull wit. I had to like look into this a bit because it's like, you know, um, basically what he's saying though is he's like, to the woman who has everything, I'm giving you like my thoughts and my brain and my heart and soul. It's sweet, but like, would you fucking sell that to your brother? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't phrase wouldn't it that way. You wouldn't write a poem in the beginning of a book? No, but like, I mean, I think that's a very sweet thing to do, like translate a book for sure, her. Because sure, sure, sure. I feel like, like he's saying, materially, she's okay. She's good. But like, this is something I can give you that only I can give you. Let's, let's back up to the last line of this. Most humbly desiring you with favor to weigh the weakness of my dull wit. All right. That part's a little creepy. That part's weird. I'll give you that. He's literally saying, he's like, I get that I'm like, he's like making a joke, right? He's like, I know I'm kind of dumb. This book probably isn't that great, but like, hopefully, you know, you'll be nice enough to like accept my advances. Ah, I don't like it at all. Weird, weird, weird. Okay. So beyond that though right like that's okay again let's just this is just Folgers commercial we can pass that shit off however Mm -hmm. there's a lot of accounts of George frequently mocking Henry's virility compared to the genes and the Boleyn family which like in theory you could take as being the fact that they didn't have a son yet uh, is all Henry's fault uh but to me it definitely read more like Jamie Lannister um being like Robert Baratheon can't please my sister but I sure fucking can I mean, okay, just to be devil's advocate, though, like, wouldn't you, I feel like that's not like, maybe isolated. That's not like weird for a sibling to like mock your, your significant other. In the other. context, though. Right. I guess when you're putting all the pieces together. Oh, but wait, there's one more. <laughs> this is to me, the smoking gun, in my opinion. So do you remember in the beginning of this episode, we were talking about all the finer points of you know, what can go wrong when you have a child of incest? Well, do you recall that we were talking about how Anne had some miscarriages and some stillbirths, etc.? Yes. Anne's last miscarriage, which was later term, was severely deformed in such a way that it would indicate uh, very uh, unusual and multiple birth defects. Which, considering the other children that he had fathered, there were none. And we know this is a time when people were already whispering that she was stripping her brother. 
So, okay. Again, just curious because I know we talked about Catherine had a bunch of miscarriages or stillbirths. Hers were not like deformed. They were just stillbirths or we don't, we, there was no record of it being deformed. Um, and that's actually, we're pretty positive that they weren't just because there was such good record keeping, right? With like the Royal physicians yeah. and stuff. Right. Okay. So Mm -hmm. so we're saying they're that like one-to-one coefficient or whatever and yeah we know that they were like happy whatever right like when they first got when they like first consummated their relationship she got knocked up real quick right Uh uh-huh the marriage goes on and she's like he can't get it up anymore he can't do anything right and then she has all this pressure so of course she's gonna go out to the marriage right other guys whatever but then also think about this way uh, Henry, of course, we know is the, a violent guy or at the very least very mm-hmm. hot temper. So this, the person she's having sex with cannot look that differently from her, right? It can't. Who is she going to trust? Oh. Yeah. They can't tell anybody if she gets pregnant by some other guy, they might want to claim that child as his use as a bargaining chip. And it has to be someone that like, he wouldn't mm-hmm. be suspicious that like oh you're spending time with this person henry can't get it up we know that she's close to her brother and we it's pretty and they're like even if they aren't like romantically close right like and again that letter is sus but as weird and icky as it is hot take i don't really blame her for trying to reach out to her brother no pun intended he already looks like her right babies Uh look like someone else's kid he's her sibling he's not going to tell anybody, right? Like she trusts him implicitly. But the big one, if she doesn't produce a male heir or at least another live child, she's going to lose everything, right? Like she already knows that he's planning to get rid of her. At this point, he's already, he's already starting to accuse her of being a witch because why else would he, how could he have possibly picked a woman with, you know, who can't have a kid? How could he possibly have done that unless she was a witch who entranced me? Like it's, it's pretty terrible choice but if it's your own life versus like what are you gonna do she has no prospects right you're you're the queen of england you can't just like peace out like you it's literally like again game of thrones in the game of thrones you either win or you die she has Mm -hmm. no choice from the evidence i think that if she's not getting pregnant by henry which we're pretty sure at this point her child is born deformed and early statistically speaking it has to be her brother's kid okay i don't know if we can say has to be let's say okay let's say she's having sex with three guys at once right she's rumored to be having sex with five but there's better evidence for just two right and like in the accusations of the trial it was just there were five but anyway um let's say you know all having sex at the same time and just for argument's sake. So let's say she gets pregnant with either of the non-relatives. Only a 7% chance that baby's going to be born fucked up. It's George's baby way up high to six to 40. Yeah. So it's just like, it's not necessarily, it's not proof. However, with all, like all, it's all circumstantial evidence, right? So I I seem to think, remember that there's like rumblings that he might like dudes is that a thing that you found in your research or 
Oh, wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay. But that wasn't like he didn't go to trial for that. No, he didn't. Like oh, that. you're thinking of like the other Berlin girl in the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's probably where. Oh, I'm... Yeah. I mean, I, it, I had to, I made sure that I did not look at anything from any of the movies or books after she has the baby, they immediately burn it. People like know about it, but Henry vehemently denies that it's his child because already public opinion is like iffy because, you know, he separated England from the church. But he's like, if I claim this kid, everybody's going to think that this is punishment from God for giving me a fucked up baby. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, sure. Maybe for divorcing your regular, nice, yeah. lovely wife, Catherine. Yeah, we don't. Also, Catherine was pretty. Like, not if she was ugly, she deserves to be like, you know. No, but, like, but it's, yeah. I hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so there's that kind of went together. But part of me thinks that it's just like, even if they weren't actually having sex, the whole lot of fucking drama going right on right now. That's all I can say. Well, okay. Does anyone else at the time, like, you know, make comments or are there like letters? Oh, I saw George leaving Anne's room late at night. Yeah, like- so there is that actually more comments about how Anne was sleeping with everybody. People were commenting on how these men would be like in her room all hours of the night. Right. And chatting, but also George was one of them. And like, yeah, and like, we don't know they were doing stuff. However, given the pattern, it seems likely, like, why would you have your brother inside your like fuck buddy rotation? If it, you know what I'm saying? Like, why would he be during that like time range, right? Confessions and uh, like testimonies are very fraught, of course. However, with, so we have, so Jane Parker, right? George's wife. From what I was able to find, Jane did not have any animosity, you know, towards her husband or towards Anne. Okay. And at this point, so she testifies that she knows this relationship was going on with Anne and George at the trial, but she doesn't do so in like a malicious way. And she kind of already knew that they were going to be, you know, convicted no matter what. From what I could find, the records, it was very factual. She didn't really have, there would be no penalty for her lying, right? She could have just said, I don't know anything. It feels though like she doesn't really have a choice, right? Like, like people, high up people want a certain outcome. And to me though, right? I think it'd be more dangerous for her to tell the truth that she knew. Because if she knew this was going on and she didn't tell the king, I don't know. I just feel like, the king wants something sure, like, right. And he wants them to be convicted. And so I think you could have a persuasive argument to say, Hey, Jane, you better do what we want you to do. Cause we want this outcome. I don't know. Dang. Okay. Okay. But you, you think the hot goss is that he and Anne Boleyn are boning. Yeah. I think they're boning. And like, I think that they had, you know, they're very close bond. And I'm not saying, it, uh-huh. and I didn't say it was, I'm not saying that it was physical at first, right? But I do think they had an unnaturally close bond because essentially they had these weird growing up periods. Like it's like kind of like borderline traumatic growing up experiences when again, stakes are high, right? Like one wrong move, your mm-hmm. parent could be executed just for like pissing off the king, right? You've been traded yeah. around like pawns your whole lives, right? With her, the only... Co- she knows that, you know, for her and Mary play close, but also now she knows that Mary has been, Mary previously had sex with her husband. 
her Mary had two sons with her husband that she couldn't have, right? Yeah, that's hard. Even if they're close, it's hard, right? Also, Mary, she couldn't have sex with Mary because she, she you know what I'm saying? Not like to produce an heir. Right. Um, Not going to have a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, George is with her all the time at court. All these things are happening. And I think for him too, she's his big sister, right? She's a constant source of like comfort and everything. And again, uh-huh. who, uh, yeah. So even if like the, the inscription in the book, let's put that all aside, right? To me, from evidence, right? We know they're not having sex, Henry and Anne. We have the gossip surrounding everything. And we also have the baby. Um, and it's just like, there seems to be a lot of evidence here. And again, all these little pieces. And again, I think it logically, if you needed to go out to the marriage and at this point it's taboo, but also like, you're going to die if you commit adultery, you're going to die if you commit incest, you're probably less likely to get caught having an affair if your baby looks like you. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I do kind of like your theory there where like, you know, maybe it's not like, oh, we're so in Mm -hmm. love romantically with each other, but it's like, I need this outcome and you're the only person I feel safe, like doing that with. Yeah. That's that's the, yeah. uh, See, and also part of me really hopes just like turkey baster style. Like I really hope they didn't actually do that, but like they probably did if they did. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they had turkey basters. Well, like, even just like <laughs> they had like vessels. I don't know. What is it going to turkey baster? But like, that's horrible. The whole thing is very horrible to think about. Whether or not they were doing it consensually, whether or not they were doing it because they had to, right? Which is like almost uh-huh. like it's like almost like forced incest at the behest of Henry. It's weird if you think about that. But like, they don't. Yeah. Like yeah, like, they're. They're either, you know, doing some weird stuff, which like, not great, or they're basically terrified for their lives and they feel like they Mm -hmm. have no other option or they're falsely accused. And it's just like, well, now everything's just coming up fucking roses, just like my head's coming off. So a fun fact, one of the uh, best things I learned while reading all of this stuff is that Anne's royal motto was the most happy. And the most happy. Ah, yeah. That feels not true, but okay. Okay. So what, like what do the, so they get convicted. Yeah. So I they guess. get convicted. So basically this is, so shit's going down, right? All these things are happening in March of 1536. Henrik has already moved on to his would be third wife, Jane Seymour. Um, and at this point, okay. you know, like shit's hitting the fan, right? Like, you know, the writings on the wall for Anne and George. Yeah. He's only moved into Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour was Anne's lady's maid, just like Anne had been Catherine's lady maid. Oh man. So that, that is karma. That brings us back to your OG <laughs> point. Did Henry orchestrate this shit from the beginning? Who knows? Cause like, I was, yeah. yeah. Anyway though. So March they're together and Jane's pregnant, I believe at this time. But they're not married at this point. They're just at, the, okay. dude, at this point. I don't think he cares about anything. I think he's just like, yeah, Henry's okay. going to do what Henry's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in May of 1536, Anne and George are both convicted of instantly charges and they're executed on May 19th and 17th, respectfully, and never pled guilty or confessed to any of the charges against her, which I respect yeah. for a couple of reasons. She did not break under torture or imprisonment. Doesn't matter if she did or didn't do it. She was dignified. She knew that she would die either way. 
And clearly she believed that what she did or did not do was in her best interest. Likely keeping quiet, no matter what she did, didn't do, was what upheld her family's status. And it was likely the reason that Elizabeth was able to become queen. If she had admitted to anything, there's very little chance that they might've just killed Elizabeth outright. She was suspected of being an incestuous product. We don't know that, but you know, and also if she was guilty of incest, and again, I don't blame her for trying not to die, right? Like this is peak trauma with a capital T and homegirl is just trying to stay alive. She's going to die either way. She knows this. Back when they had first gotten married, Anne and Henry, the people did not really like her, right? They called her like a slut whore, whatever, right? She's kind of a usurper of the throne. And she kind of mostly earned this thing. Because at first, nobody's really mad at her because, again, just like Mary, she don't really have a choice, right? Yeah. But then when she started, you know, like her smear campaign against the Pope, everyone was like, oh, she wants this, you thirsty bitch. Right. She's like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then when they realized that, oh, like kind of, there's like compassion there, right? Like even if she isn't, even if she is having a relationship with her brother, clearly she's not, you know, Henry's kind of the worst. So when she goes to be executed, she goes to the executioner's block. People like are actually like, feeling they're, they're crying like they're upset for her there's a couple accounts so like there was they're like there were many tears many tears were shed which is and she apparently was very obviously nervous but calm you know collected she tucked her hair up so it would stay intact you know in a little cap she handed her like fur coat to her ladies maids and oh my yeah gosh. and i guess they were all like in fucking tears um well not jane because again jane is off bone in the king but side note stockholm syndrome like she just trying to stay alive too she's executed that is what happened there okay so i have a couple more thoughts that are coming to my brain right so we've talked about like the royal family is has a long history of incest to begin with and so like i feel like the same thing has to be with nobles right so like there's probably some chance that her and henry are related as well so I did look into that and they're not really to go way back to like Anglo-Saxon times when we had like the different clans. If you go way back, like the houses that eventually developed are from these like lines, right? If you think about Scotland, like, you know, there's the, the Mackenzie clan, right? Or yeah. So same kind of deal. From what I looked at, I couldn't find any really real relation between Henry and her. So, and again, to have any issue, they'd have to be at the very least, like at the most, uh, like second cousins. Okay. And that far back, we're not. If you relate it all, yeah, to have any, yeah, even if they were second cousins, there would be very low chances of issues, right? And again, at this okay. point, the, so like with canon law, that's kind of the thing too here. So canon law, um, which is like church law, prohibited incest for a lot of reasons, right? And if you think about a lot of like religious prohibitions, like why Jews keep kosher, um, those are essentially like laws to stay alive because back then eating, yeah, eating pork back then, you're probably going to get sick. Okay. My other thought is like their sister, Mary, like she somehow just like escapes this. So Mary, obviously I would have to think that Henry at least thought that he broke up with Mary even if she kind of like did the, like the whole like thing where she's like, if you want to, and he's like, wait, I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, again, she's clearly stayed alive. 
with that, she, that she's kind of out and she was like there, you know, her sister, like respectfully, blah, blah, blah. She ends actually up, she was married, right? We know that. And I believe he died, William Carey, or got annulled. I think he died. But at some point, like a few years later, she ended up getting like married in secret. And everyone was like pissed because he had to like ask for permission from the king to get married. And she got quote unquote banished to like a country house to go live with her kids and her new husband. And she's like, oh no, I have to leave court. How horrible. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, she lived in her days in obscurity. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she was pretty jazzed to like have it. Like she married this guy that was considered unsuitable for her status, but he like, came from like a decent family, right? They weren't super yeah. noble, but like he was a nice guy. They weren't gonna be poor. He had Aww. his own kids from his first marriage. His wife died and they just like were happy, right? And they just lived in their quaint mm-hmm. little- Yeah. She, little house, yeah, she died, castle. She died seven years later from like natural causes. She was 40 something. Oh. Um, so old. Jeez. But I mean, like Henry died when he was like 50, I think. 48. Okay. Yeah. Like this was still pretty, you know, I think she's my favorite person in this whole story. Her or Catherine. I do feel for Catherine, but Mary, I'm like, I did not realize that she like, I feel like she played the system. You're so right. Mary hacked the system. She played her cards well, because again, she didn't have a choice at first, but I'm sure she was like, of course, probably emotionally distraught when she suddenly gets chucked, but like, her kids are not being legitimized. She's like, on, she at this point, she just like wants to keep her babies alive, right? She seemed to have loved her kids. Dang. Okay. And then, so we talked about Anne gets beheaded. And then what happens to George? Yeah, he got thing? beheaded two days before her. Was there any like, you know, like she found out that he was beheaded and was like distraught? Uh, but I guess he would be. So like she knew that. If your lovers so are So they're. Oh, I forget what it's called, but apparently there is this like sad English like poem slash drinking song thing about how death is going to bring you comfort. And it's accredited to Anne writing that in her cell in Tower of London. Oh, wow. I'll, I will find it at some point. But yeah, she um, wrote that. But when I think about this, I prefer to think about uh, the absolute banger uh, Henry VIII by Hermits Hermits in 1965. Have you heard it? Hey, are you going to sing something for me? Have the lyrics. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Henry VIII, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before and everyone was an Henry. She would never Willie or Sam. I'm an eighth old man, Henry. Yeah, I don't really know who he's talking about, but I think it's Anne of Cleves that had a gajillion husband. So yeah, oh, also, he's a oh. fucking name repeater, man. Catherine of Aragon. Anne Boleyn, Jane Seymour, then we've got Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard, and Catherine Parr. Three Catherines, two Annes, one Jane Seymour, and a partridge and a fucking pear tree. Belle, I think this was a lovely story about uh, lovers <laughs> more than friends. <laughs> yeah, lovers and liars and just being scared you're going to get your head chopped off. Yeah, so uh, thank you for listening to Hot Guess History, you guys. Our music is provided by Pat and Alex from This Side of Paradise. You can find us on Instagram at History, and you can email us any of your thoughts or comments at History at gmail.com. Stay juicy! <laughs>